Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles, and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me, like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. And now, a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive. And today, expect mostly sunny conditions with a high on life that can only come from cruising down the road on two wheels. Kids will wave, dogs will bark, and cyclists in padded shorts will instantly regret their chosen mode of transportation. Whereas you, on the other hand, will look super duper cool. Back to you in the studio. This has been a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive, where every day's a beautiful day to ride with coverage from America's number one motorcycle insurer. Get a quote today and see what you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. This is sort of a bonus episode because we really didn't plan on doing uh, extra episodes outside of the normal this week. But uh, I'm your host, Jackson McCurry. Co-host Anthony Jokey is joining me tonight. Anthony, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's nice to talk about positive breaking news uh, for once. Um, you know, this week is certainly is off to a much better start than last week. Well, so-so. We got some good breaking news. We got some bad breaking news. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, it, it was good for, like, an hour. I yeah, guess. right. It, it was good for an hour or two. And then, um, of course, then the bottom fell out. As it kind of does. It comes... That's typical Cleveland, though. So, Anthony, do you want to start with the bad or do you want to start with the good? Uh, Let's get the bad news out of the way first because yeah. I feel like we can somewhat talk about it because there's still a good chance that uh, by the end of the week, it'll be okay. Yes, hopefully. And I'll say hopefully just because of what was just reported right before we started recording. So about around lunchtime on Tuesday afternoon, breaking news from Adam Schefter, Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton both tested positive for COVID-19 go. They are, they were placed on the uh, COVID reserve list. Um, Monday, John Kelly, who believes on the practice squad, was called up a couple weeks ago for the Broncos game because of the injuries. He was he tested positive for COVID-19, um, and he was placed on the list as well, along with wide receiver Lawrence Kager, who's on the practice squad. So uh, because of the four positive tests, the Browns now go into enhanced protocols, uh, which means that regardless of vaccina- vaccination status, Everybody has to get tested. It's all virtual meetings. And then when they're in the facility, they have to wear a mask. So uh, there's a good chance that we this might not be the end of it, of the uh, COVID-19 positives. Hopefully these are just the four. Uh, it's all contained and everything's good. But, I mean, Anthony, after Nick Tubbs monster performance against Cincinnati, um, we already have Kareem Hunt out. I don't expect him back this week. I know a lot of people are hoping that because he's – missed the three games needed for the injured reserve. I don't expect him to be back just yet. Right now we're looking at a running back room of Dearness Johnson, Andy Janovich. Maybe they call up Johnny Stanton off the practice squad, but the running back room is looking very, very thin heading into a crucial AFC matchup this week against New England. Yeah. Could, uh, since Johnny Stanton was 40, could he turn into Peyton Hillis for a week? Um, 
but yeah, you know, going in this week, only, only having uh, Dearness Johnson, uh, you talked about Chubb and the game he had Sunday, which was tremendous. And I believe it was John Kelly that almost blocked a punt uh, on Sunday as well. So, um, you know, obviously not having running backs, uh, the, especially the top two guys, is not a good thing. But uh, with the way the Browns were able to run the ball on Sunday, I, I think that they're still going to have a very good opportunity to do so. Dearness is better than your average backup. Um, he proved that in the Denver game. So now that this offensive line is starting to get a little bit healthier and starting to get things back together. And now we'll talk about the the other part of it uh, in a little bit, but I, I still think that they're still going to be able to run the ball effectively with the earnest. Now you wonder what they're going to do because if you only have him and then the two fullbacks, I can't see, you know, the earnest taking, you know, 50 snaps uh, this week, but maybe you utilize somebody like Anthony Schwartz in the backfield, somebody like Jarvis Landry in the backfield uh, to kind of help uh, with the rotation back there that you would normally have when everybody's healthy. Yeah. I mean, we we discussed that in our group chat today. I know people mentioned um, free agent running backs. The Browns actually did sign a running back to the practice squad today. Uh, Brian Hill, who's been in the league since 2017, uh, recently was with the Titans uh, during training camp. But the last few years he was with Atlanta and he was effective, um, averaging 4.8 yards per carry uh, last season for them in a limited role. Uh, I think a little he's over four yards per carry during his three years there played in 39 games. So he's a guy that, you know, could get some snaps this week. He's uh, just he just turned 26 years old today. So happy birthday to Brian Hill. Welcome to the Cleveland Browns. Um, so maybe, you know, they call him up. I mean, he hasn't taken seen any playing time since the preseason with Tennessee. But uh, this could be a guy that has a track record in the league. It's a limited one, but. Could be a guy that him and Dearness Johnson split carries this week against New England, who has a average uh, run defense. So uh, I would expect, you know, the way this scheme is set up and the way it helps our running backs flourish in this scheme. Uh, hopefully, Johnson and Hill can get the job done if Chubb and Felton uh, can't go this Sunday. Yeah, you really hope so. And, you know, like I mentioned with the O line getting healthier. Uh, I have more confidence that they should be able to, um, you know, going into New England on Sunday. So hopefully, uh, whether it's just Jordan Johnson or whether um, the guy that just signed is contributing or if Chubb and Felton are able to get back, um, you know, since they're both vaccinated, they need two negative tests in 24 hours and then they can rejoin the team. So hopefully, um, I know it's already Tuesday, uh, but hopefully, you know, by Friday and Saturday, I think they have to officially rule them out by Saturday, right? Uh, Correct. So, you know, hopefully around that time they could get those two negative tests in and uh, be able to uh, get back um, for the game on Sunday. Yeah, without question. Hopefully these are the only positive tests because we know last year the Jets game, uh, the wild card game, like, we lost some key pieces in those games and the Jets game was obviously the hardest because we lost our entire wide receiver room. Um, 
but you know i feel like the organization has a plan for when this stuff happens uh they were pretty good and in crucial moments last year when covid hit the organization so i would expect you know kevin stefanski andrew barry and them to have a solid contingency plan for uh situations like this yeah the the jets game still bothers me from last year uh but you know Hopefully this bad news is, isn't uh, too bad, and by Sunday it turns positive. And you know, I thought you were going to tell me the the bad news today was uh, Odell cleared waivers. <laughs> well, it's it's bad because he could choose where he wants to go, but it's good for the Browns because they saved three million because uh, they were able to make a contract settlement. So, and and that's all we'll talk about Odell on this podcast today. Yes, absolutely. So let's get to the good news because, and Anthony, it was so funny because I know you were working Tuesday mor- or Tuesday morning. Obviously, we're recording on Tuesday night. Um, Mike Garofalo of NFL Network, I get the alerts on my phone when uh, the national writers tweet, and I, I get the thing, and it just says, The Browns. And I'm like, okay, something's, either something good's about to happen or something bad's about to happen. He deleted the tweet, and then like 10 minutes later, we get the breaking news, the good news, which is what we're going to talk about, the Cleveland Browns and Wyatt Teller agree to a four-year extension. And I'm like, holy crap, because Sunday night, me and Kay talked about it on postgame. I said, the Browns need to find a way to keep both Teller and Batonio because Teller is obviously going to be a free agent after this year. And Batonio, I think next year is going on the last year of his contract. And lo and behold... The Browns were obviously working on it. They got the deal done for uh, Wyatt Teller. He's staying with the Browns through the 2025 season. Yeah. Uh, after having that phenomenal game, it's great to see um, him get locked up long-term. Uh, it definitely provides some stability to the offensive line for years to come. I know there's other decisions and discussions they're going to have to have, um, you know, in the next couple uh, this off season and, you know, within the next couple, um, you know, in terms of, you know, Conklin and Treader and, you know, even Batonio, but, um, you know, having a guy like Wyatt Teller who, you know, maybe if Batonio isn't here long-term, he's somebody that can switch over uh, down the road uh, and kind of be the, the anchor on the left side. But, um you know, to lock him up now is great news for his organization. And, you know, they freed up a lot of future money by working the the thing out with, uh, you know, releasing OBJ, uh, you know, Sheldon Richardson early on in the year, um, freed up some money as well. So, you know, they decided to move on from that and then go, go right away and invest in the offensive line and, um, you know, this offensive line has surely grown uh, over the last few years um, from what it was. And they're just able to, week in and week out, just small people up front. Um, you heard Wyatt Teller talk about how, you know, the offensive linemen in the city are, are loved and glorified, which just kind of fits Cleveland's personality. So, you know, they has done a great job of being able to run block and protecting Baker. Uh, that's gotten so much better. So to lock up one of the the anchors of the O-line and somebody who didn't cost us much to get uh, a few years ago, you know, that's one of the few things that, that Dorsey did right was trade for Wyatt Teller. Um, 
it's probably about like a 50-50 thing of a good move, bad move, but uh, this was certainly one of the great moves that he made, and uh, it certainly has paid off, and for for four more years, uh, they're going to have that guy on the O-line just continuing to maul people and spearing them. Um, like he did to a bangle on Sunday. Yeah, that that block uh, went viral so fast and so many memes and uh, just everything out of that one block, which he was worried he was going to get called for holding, but uh, Jason, or not Jason Peters, uh, I think it's Scott Peters. He's the assistant offensive line coach. He sent him a thing. He goes, it was a legal block. Don't worry. You, you, you didn't deserve the rag if you did get one. So, uh, Wyatt seemed really uh, proud of that block, but you mentioned it. Like the Browns only gave up a fifth and a seventh round pick two years ago on cut down day to get Wyatt Teller. And I'm sure Buffalo fans are kicking themselves and like really angry at the front office because their line's not looking that great this year. And Wyatt Teller would probably be helping them right now, but uh, we're thankful that we were able to get him when we did so cheap too. Um, and then what he's done in the last two years, obviously, you know, being able to become a starter halfway through 2019. And then when Bill Callahan came in as the offensive line coach, I think that he even did more wonders to Teller's game. Uh, Cause he said, and he credited him. He said the way I was able to work on my technique and refine everything. He goes, he said it made him better that Bill Callahan came to Cleveland. So uh, what a great get that the Browns got a couple years ago and how much it's paid off. And now they were able to uh, reward him with a new contract, which is phenomenal. Uh, let's look at the details uh, over the cab and Spotrack both released the details earlier today is a four year extension worth 56.8 million uh, is an average of 14.2 million per year. Uh, he got 16.5 million guaranteed at signing. He'll get another uh, 12 and a half million guaranteed next March. His 2023 salary will become fully guaranteed. But Anthony, you know, Jack Duffin's our contract guru here at the Dogland. He broke it down uh, actually right before recording. So it was perfect timing. Shout out to Jack. We appreciate you so much. He said it's effectively a two-year, $28 million extension. There's two option years on the back end of it um, with, you know, there's good wiggle room for the Browns where they can get out of it. There'll be some dead cap those final two years, but... Uh, it's a good deal, obviously, for the Browns. It's essentially a two-year deal, like Duffin said. Um, they rewarded him. Teller, he's one of the top-paid guards now in the league. And I actually like this because they got it done, A, before he can even get to free agency, and B, before Quentin Nelson of the Colts' contract got done. Because if Nelson would have set the market, there's a good chance – Teller could have got more either from the Browns before he hit free agency or on the open market as a, a free agent this coming off season. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the, this contract breakdown, um, you know, that cap hit next year is pretty small, um, but it, it really inflates uh, the three years after that. Uh, you know, you mentioned how they could get out of those last two years. It's right around the time where you would start to, kick around the tires on a Jedrick Wills extension, um, which, you know, the left tackles make a lot more money than guards. So um, that's certainly give them some flexibility that way. Uh, you just have to continue to develop uh, the other positions on the offensive line, depending on who is going to be here long-term, because I can't see, you know, 
Conklin and Treader being here much more than a couple more years. I know uh, both. I think both their contracts are up after next year. Um, um, Treader, kind of, I'll look it up. Like, just go ahead and I'll look it up for you. Yeah, I, I think both their contracts are up after next year. So um, they're going to have to start to invest, you know, draft picks that they want into um, the the offensive line. I know they have. Uh, Nick Harris, who I, I think they believe in, um, you know, and Hans has done a, a decent job. Um, you know, they, they did, they do have Hudson. Um, he's still a long ways away from being ready, but they're going to have to, you know, make decisions down the road, but this contract gives them the flexibility to do that while, like I mentioned earlier, providing some, real stability uh, where there could be question marks in a, in a couple more off seasons. Yeah. So you mentioned Conklin and Treader. I think they're going to move on from JC Treader this off season. Um, he's got $8.2 million. They, they can create in cap space if they cut him with a $1.6 million dead cap hit. Um, like you, I think they believe in Nick Harris. They, you also have Michael Dunn who we haven't seen this year, but he can play. Um, guard and center and I think during camp he was taking uh snaps at center so that could be an interesting battle next year Dunn and Harris for the center spot but I don't think Treader's going to be here uh moving forward Jack Conklin he's next year will probably be his last year they can void the contract after the 2022 season um I would think they might try to sign him to an extension especially if they're not sold on wills, at least hold down one of the tackle spots because uh, he's only going to be 28 next year. So Conklin, there's a good chance, you know, they could rework the deal and add on some more years, especially because he's playing at an all pro level as well. They also need to keep in mind, I think, but like I mentioned, Batonio, I think's on his last year next year. He is so, and he's still playing at an all-pro level. He'll be 31 next year, but do they look to keep him? I mean, Treader and Beto- Treader and Teller, or Batonio and Teller, excuse me, are one and two right now in terms of guards, according to PFF. And they are, you know, the front office is very analytics, metric-based. You have the top two guards. Batonio's not sliding off anytime soon, I don't think. I think he's still got three, four years left in him. Maybe they try to work an extension with him as well, but... um and if that's the case, then you move on from Conklin, you have Hans, and then you have Wills on the left side. You go and try to find a right tackle in the draft or perhaps a younger option in free agency. So there's a ton of things they can do on the offensive line, but we know for sure Teller's going to be here. I would like to think Batonio's going to be here as well, and then they just have to worry about essentially right now right tackle and center going forward. Yeah, it's where it gets tricky, right, where you have – uh, a couple guys making a lot of money on the offensive line um, with other extensions uh, on the rest of the team that are due. You have to be very, very mindful on where you spend your money. Um, so, you know, if Wills is the long-term answer, you're going to have to pay a lot of money to keep him. Um, and that's not going to leave a lot of money for, you know, Batonio and, uh, a, a center, you know, so I could definitely see like you and Cheddar not being here. Um, somebody like Jack Conklin either. So they have to, in this off season, uh, and I'm sure they've already have had these discussions and, and you, you can kind of tell, I think how 
the contract is lined up that uh, you know, they think about these things far in advance because they are very smart and that's what they have to do. Um, but I, I think long-term uh, this O-line will kind of be in a position where you'll have a couple high-paid guys and then you'll have guys on rookie deals. And then when those rookie deals are up, the, the veteran guys won't be there and then you pay the rookies and then or the younger guys and then you draft to replace it's just a cycle that uh you hope to continue to repeat for for years and years so um uh, it seems like they're in a good position now uh we'll see if they're able to answer those questions about those couple of players uh this off season and and definitely next year too yeah, I definitely think this offseason they're going to shake the roster is going to get shaken up a little bit. And, you know, the fan base isn't going to like it. But at the same time, we're winning. So I trust this front office to make the right decisions and to keep the core talent here and then just work their way around them and, and just to keep keep the keep the train rolling and keep the winning going, because I feel like that's the ultimate goal. While we want one Super Bowl and it would be nice to have all these a mass of talent at the same time that the team and the front office is thinking, well, we want to be contenders for six, seven, eight years and then have a chance to win multiple Super Bowls or get to multiple Super Bowls and AFC championships. Cause I think that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. And you know, and if Baker, if they determine Baker's the guy, you want them to be a playoff team every single year of his career that he's here. So you have to maintain that flexibility. Um, throughout all those years, continue to draft well, continue to be selective and free agency to help your team. And you hope that uh, the roster that you build continues to progress year after year. So Anthony, I asked this question on Twitter this morning after the teller news broke, uh, which player is most likely to receive a ne- an extension next from the Cleveland Browns? I said, well, we had Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield because those are the two obvious ones. And then we threw, I threw two other names in there. David Njoku, who the the debate's been going on, and I think it will continue to go on throughout uh, the rest of this season and into the offseason between Njoku and Hooper. Obviously, Hooper's contract has some wiggle room after June 1st next year. Uh, the way Njoku's playing, I feel like he's the, he's the better option at tight end long term. And then another name that PFF actually mentioned in an article where they predicted free agency contracts, and they actually were like f- almost 100% accurate on the Teller contract. Um, but Jadevian Clowney, he only signed a one-year deal in Cleveland for worth about $10 million. They're predicting a one-year $15 million contract, but Clowney seems to enjoy Cleveland. He seems to pl- love playing with Miles Garrett. He's being productive, and he's despite the injuries, he's playing through these injuries where in Houston and Seattle, I don't think he was, he was doing that in Tennessee for that matter. He opted to get the surgery last year on his knee instead of trying to play through it. Um, Who do you think is next in line among those four to get a contract extension? Well, I know what I answered in my group chat in the group chat, uh, but I answered a poll question differently. So, okay. I, said in the group chat that we have that I want them to do Clowney first because if they're not able to get a deal done, it would cost, I think Jack sent the numbers. It was about 20 million to franchise him Yeah. Um, for next season. So you, I don't think you're paying $20 million a year for Clowney. Um, you know, 
with the with the regular contract uh, is still going to be what 14, 15 range. I'm not sure what the PFF article said um, as a prediction for him, but I would rather get that done first and get it out of the way because if you're not able to get something done with the Joku, that franchise tag is only about ten million dollars, um, which is less than Austin Hooper's contract for next year. So, um, and I don't think you'd have to franchise Najoku. I feel like you don't have to get to ten million per year for him, I just don't because think... the stats don't back it up. I feel like you could probably get Najoku around five, six, seven million, maybe incentivize it a little bit to get to a certain point, but Nine, the stats I... don't back up him making big money on the open market. They. The stats don't, but I, I think with all the other the, things he does, it might. Um, unless they're, a team is paying for what they think he could be, which I still think he could be among the elite tight ends. He's just in an offense where he's not going to be because he's playing with two other solid tight ends and Hooper and Bryant. Right. I think he, he has like all the potential to, to do that, and he does – a great job and has grown tremendously um, as know, a blocker running, as a yeah. blocker running routes. He's been able to, to do it all. And, um, you know, has certainly quieted the talks of him uh, being a bust. Um, he's done a great job. So I, that's why I answered the poll question. I think that Joku is the next one to get it. Um, I certainly see him as a, long, a long-term answer at that position, um, especially over Hooper. I don't think Hooper will be back next year. Um, and, you know, you go in with Najoku and Bryant and you maybe find somebody in uh, the draft. I know um, – I think there was that kid out of Nevada that's really talented. Uh, I can't remember what his name is at the moment. But anyway – there's certainly, um, I, I, I really feel like with what Njoku has done the last couple years, um, getting rid of Drew Rosenhaus was a good thing for him, uh, I feel. And he seems to, you know, there's all that talk this offseason, and all, all that noise has surely quieted down. And I, I really think that, um, he deserves an extension with everything that he's been able to do, especially with the way he's been able to grow and develop over the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I hope they can come to some kind of agreement before he hits the open market. I know um, Brad Steinbook from the OBR reported that there was no, they haven't had any substantial talks now. Of course, there's still plenty of time, four months to free agency. Uh, it'd be nice to get something done before the season ends. At some point I pick, I picked Denzel Ward. I just think, it, and this is barring, of course, any more injuries, but, I mean, Sunday proved when he's on the field, he's one of the best corners in the league. I mean, obviously, the best ability is availability, and Ward, you know, he misses his three to four games a year, but at the same time, you know, some games he has started out slow, but after the first couple drives, he locks in and plays like a top five corner. And I, I believe in his abilities. I have since going back to Ohio State. Um, you know, he's perfect. He's one of our leaders on defense with Miles Garrett and with the other, you know, the 
array of talent they have on that side of the ball. And hopefully Sunday was just a sneak peek of how they're going to play down the stretch. We'll see because they're going up against a lot of talented teams uh, down the stretch towards the playoffs, hopefully. But I just have a feeling Ward's going to ball out. He's going to stay healthy. And then the Browns are going to have to pay him. Um, It's just going to be interesting to see how much and how many years they're going to give him. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into my discussion about Denzel and what I said in the group chat, but no, no, no. What happens in the group chat stays in the group chat. I'm not going to discuss that one, but you know, he, it's crazy to think that he's like just turned 24 years old and he's, this is his fourth year in the league. I I forget how young he really is. And he really hasn't hit his prime yet. Um, you would think if they do extend them, I could see that contract lining up with Newsom's uh, rookie deal. Potentially. To where, yeah. you know, that way you're not spending a ton of money at that position. Um, and, and that, you know, you also have to factor in Greedy Williams if he's able to continue to play well. I, unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, on Sunday, but he's been really playing well the last few weeks. So, you know, you have three guys here uh, on defense that play really well uh, at the cornerback position uh, of late. Um, I can certainly see like a four-year deal that includes his, so basically a three-year extension uh, that includes his uh, fifth-year option next year. Um, if they were able to get something done with him. Um, that's probably as far as I would go, and I'm sure that they can get creative in, you know, per-game roster bonuses uh, if he's active uh, because of the injury concerns. So that way, um, you know, they don't get stuck uh, with that contract and it hurts them financially. Um, so I, I, I think they're... You know, all these guys uh, whose contracts are expiring, I'm sure they're going to take a very hard look at it. I, I'm sure Denzel, like in our poll question, is certainly at the top of the priority. And I'm kind of curious to see um, what those results are. But I, I would imagine, you know, he's certainly a, a popular guy. And uh, after that performance on Sunday, um, uh, only giving up that uh, one catch, uh, ha- having to pick six, the deflection that led to another interception. You know, if he's able to play like that the rest of the season, he's going to get a hefty penny uh, when it comes to a contract extension. Oh, without question. I know you mentioned Denzel's only 24 years old. Najoku's only 25, and this is his fifth year with the Browns. Like, it's crazy how young these guys are and still are. Yeah. And, like, they haven't entered their prime yet. Like, I, I'm anxious to see how far they go in their careers because we've already seen the arrays of talent for sure out of both of them, and they are just entering their mid-20s. Yeah, if you could get these guys who are entering their prime uh, and less expensive deals, you're you're really winning as a franchise. Yeah, especially with the cap expo- expected to explode over the next couple of years as well. If they can be on relatively friendly deals, and that just opens up the – the cap space more to add even more talent to this core. Like the possibilities are endless with this team, but it's like the, it's like the Jose Ramirez contract, right? You extend them when they're young and you look at the potential that they do have. And see year after year, it seems like Jose 
Um, he's on the best. He's He's the on the best contract in baseball. Like you oh, can't even by, argue. By, by, by far, he has the best contract from the team perspective. Maybe not for the player, yeah. but uh, when you have a guy who consistently is hanging around the MVP ballot in discussion uh, for the last what three or four years or so, mm-hmm. um, you're really winning as a franchise if you're able to financially control all that um, with a younger player. Very true. So the poll results so far, and if anybody wants to go vote, it'll be up until around 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. Go to at Jack McCurry 08 on Twitter. Uh, Denzel Ward has 39% of the vote. David Njoku has 32% of the vote. Baker Mayfield has 23% of the vote. And Jadevian Clowney has 6% of the vote. And that is which player is most likely to receive an extension. So I think that obviously – the majority of Browns fans that voted on this uh, think Denzel Ward's next in line, and I would think so as well. Uh, Anthony, is there anything else you want to discuss on this episode before we get on out of here? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're in for, uh, or not us, but the listeners are in for a treat tomorrow with the guests that uh, you have lined up. Uh, I don't think I'm unfortunately going to be able to make it uh, for that episode, but uh, I really hope uh, you all listen to that one tomorrow because it's going to be a great discussion uh, with somebody who's going to help us preview uh, the game uh, against the Patriots on Sunday and and obviously talk about uh, Baker Mayfield a little bit. Yeah, De- Baker will definitely be on the agenda. It's uh, Mark Schofield of the NFL Wire and Pets Pulpit, who's been on our show numerous times, uh, whether it's talking about the Patriots, whether it's talking about Baker Mayfield. Um, we even, The last time we had him on, we were talking about Josh McDaniels and the possibility of him coming to Cleveland. And I can honestly say, thank God Josh didn't come home because I feel like we're in a much better situation with Kevin Stefanski. Uh, but look, looking forward to the discussion with Mark as always. Uh, be on the lookout for it Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Uh, just depends on when I get it uploaded, but definitely keep an eye out on that. Um, as always, you guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. Jokey is J-O-K-I. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry 8 and you can follow The Dogland on both Facebook and Twitter. Just search The Dogland. And until next time, Browns fans, as always, go Browns. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.